that it's isn't that yeah it, it is wheat and it's yeah. but it's not over the top yeah to the point where i couldn't drink that which mm. is not an endorsement by any stretch <laughs> <laughs> i totally get that but um i just don't do proper wheats proper belgians i can move over there if i can they don't work go for it just because it's, it's harder if you're the only other person Go to this one. Yeah, we'll do this one. Yeah. Go to this one. We'll, we'll, we'll I'm not straightening my neck. Turn be the first time this mic has ever gone 60 minutes without being cut. <laughs> <laughs> that is likely true. Um, so I am, in honor of uh, John not being here, I'm eating some of his massive peanut butter. Oh, pie. yeah. I, I call that the peanut butter pot pie. <laughs> it is a peanut butter pot pie, and it's sad that it's like an entire one is still there. I can't believe this is probably the stalest chocolate I've ever eaten in my. That's <laughs> eh, not true, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean that's. It, you know what's interesting? I, I've talked about this. My buddy CJ and I would talk about this. Isn't it interesting how food you adore, when you scale it up to a certain quantity, every food eventually disgusts. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, it, you know, it's it, too big. It's too yeah, much. He talked about how, like, everyone loves guacamole, right? Yes. He can't eat guacamole anymore because in the late 1990s, you know, as like a 20-year-old, he worked at a Chi-Chi's. I don't, I don't know if they still have Chi-Chi's or not anymore. That's a good question. I, yeah. Um, for our younger listeners, if we have young listeners, <laughs> Chi-Chi's was like this uh, chain of Mexican... Basically, it's almost like if TJF Fridays owned a Mexican restaurant. Like, you know, they'd sell beer yeah. and they're famous for like, uh, fried they ice cream. They still exist. They do. So, anyways, he worked at a Chi Chi's and he said they had their guacamole delivered frozen in what was like a garbage camp. Just these tubs. Oh, oh. And one of his coworkers would just, while she was waiting for her food to be made, would just take a chip and put it into this tub in guacamole <laughs> and it this food that everyone loves disgusts him now because he saw it in a garbage can but it doesn't size. it doesn't last because it goes how do they protect I, I it? guess this place would go through so much guacamole that they would open up one a day and they'd be gone uh by the end of yeah no that's right wow. yeah because well, it is weird avocados go bad in like three seconds <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty Quick to die. Do you know what I've heard that we've been doing is that one of the things that helps them supposedly stay fresh is the seed, like that. Yes, you can do that. So, yeah, yeah, we do keep the seed. Like, after we're done making it, we put the seeds back in, and we mix it around. And it seems to help a little bit. It helps. And if you keep as much air away from it as you can, that helps. And that must be the, you know, the Gigi secret. (laughs) There's seeds throughout the, the garbage can. By or the way, it may not be real guacamole. I mean, by the way, I, I was totally wrong. They ceased operations in 2004, so I was very oh, wow. wrong. Yeah. But I'm looking at this like there's a restaurant listed here. What is this restaurant? So is Google this like out of date? Because this. Oh, place, there's like an open Chi-Chi's. Yeah. Super. No, no, that's, that's funny, a the last thing. one standing. Super Chi-Chi's. It's a different thing. Totally different thing. My bad. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Chi-Chi's did die in 2004. Uh, they were founded in 75. They had a good run. Yeah, that's a great run, man. I mean, <laughs> almost 30 years. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was 
I recently, so my mother-in-law's living with us now, and I had to basically clean out what was my office. And I found, I always liked to write my whole life, and I used to write like almost like these diary entries that I would mm. share with my friends, like almost like blogs before the internet. Mm-hmm. And I found a bunch while I was doing this, and I forgot. Uh, this is a topic that we have on the podcast often: is that with Uber and Lyft, and then in the future, self-driving car- cars, drinking and driving seems to be less and less of a problem, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. yes. it's easier to get home. So in the late 1990s, drinking and driving was such a problem that at one point, TJF Fridays, and I was reading a diary entry about this, had a program. Just speaking of old chains, even though TJFs is still here, where if you had a $50 bar tab, which was allowed for Copley, Ohio in 1997, if you had a $50 bar tab and you told them you couldn't drive home, they would pay for your cab. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is like really cool. And now, now I later cool. le- you know what I later learned is uh, the state of Ohio funded the whole thing. But TGIS was the only one that advertised it. <laughs> um, which was illegal and they had to quit advertising it because they're basically advertising the state of Ohio uh, own yes. program. But a lot of your DUI, a lot of your DUI fines would actually go to fund this program, which was for bars to send people home safely. Anyhow, where I'm going with this story is my buddy and I, I worked at a Comp USA at the time. My car wouldn't start after a drum, a jump, and like, fuck. Like, that was back when a cab in the country would cost $130 to get home. You know? Oh, my. Like, my buddy goes, wait a minute. Doesn't TJF Fridays have a program where if you spend $50, they send you? I'm like, they do. So we go under this underpass. We go across this highway to TJF Fridays. We go in there. We're like, how much is a shot of Jaeger? He's like, $3. We order 16 shots of Jaeger, we do eight each, and we ask for our cab. Oh, my God. You must have been a mess. Oh, well, you know what's funny is we were so proud. We thought we were geniuses that we had scammed the system. My buddy vomited in the cab. How much did this cost you? I, I realized I'm I... a quick picture here. Let's so. do a quick picture. Yeah, hey. Happy go. holidays, everyone. Um, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't until I was... 27 years old and flew to L.A. that I spent more money than that cab ride. Because it was a $200 fee for vomiting in a cab back then. <laughs> so you spent, you, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to, he vomited in the cab. Did you have to pay the fee? Well, we split it, yeah. You did? Yeah, oh, yeah. God. But you still thought you won. Not after that. <laughs> we thought we won right up until the moment my friend was like, oh. We're screwed. Yeah. Uh, So you've got two of us today. We are the Worldwide IT guys. I am Steve. This is Sean. And that's it. We are the the holiday contingent. We're keeping the lights on. Um, So uh, we're gonna do what we can here with the two of us. Uh, Hopefully, Sean carries the you know the lion's (laughs) share of this. But um, uh, first of all, I failed miserably. So those of you that are still listening to us, thank you. Dear God, thank you. Um, last week, I made a think a statement that I would, uh, you know, I was trying to be better about publishing these things yeah. on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, Gavin, as you predicted, uh, I did not get the podcast out until this past Monday. Okay. So we recorded it on Wednesday. We were talking about the, you know, the, the vote that was going to come on net neutrality. Um Monday, people got to hear about something that had happened a week prior, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so that's my bad. We'll try to be better. Um, we've got 
a couple of days here before the holiday break for uh-huh. this group. Yep. Uh, so we won't have a podcast next week uh, between Christmas and New Year's like we usually take off. And then we're going to do our little sort of beginning of year podcast um, where hopefully we talk about what happened in 2017 in a as positive a light as we can spin on it. Um, some good things. There were some good things. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to talk about whatever we can in the few minutes that we might have before we wander off. Uh, Sean has, you know, graciously offered to have a friend host us. So we're going to yeah. we're going to go see some people about some beer, which is always a good thing. Um, so uh, I saw the Last Jedi this Same past here. weekend. Je- I saw it Saturday uh, with. My folks were in town, my mother-in-law, and uh, all the kids, we saw it. Yeah. Now, your mother-in-law, you, you just said this, she's moved in with you permanently? Not per. She's there for three months, and I, I've made it clear, she has. she's more than welcome to move in permanently if she likes. I don't know if she wants to do that or not, you know? Gotcha. She loves hanging out with the grandkids, but I, she also, I'm like anyone, likes her space, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So... Uh, she's trying to figure that out, but it's been nice having her around, helping out with the kids and everything. And yeah, we all went to see Last Jedi, and it was great. And it, I, you know, it's a long movie, and that's a a modern complaint of mine is that all these contemporary movies, especially action movies, they're all way too long. Marvel movies are the worst because I feel at least the Last Jedi, though it was too long, it had a lot going on in it, and I felt it was pretty fast paced, but it was too long. Um, but uh, they all loved it, and they were. I will say that it was. I mean, everybody loved it. Everyone, everyone loved it. Yeah. I mean, I will say this: my kids like every Star Wars movie, even though like that's the one thing where I think Star Wars fans like. That's a big debate right now: is that in Rotten Tomatoes, it's like ninety-two percent critics approved, and it's like fifty-two fan approved. Well, I read the, I read this article about uh, Rotten Tomatoes is effectively broken. So we we I would agree with that. It's group think. It it's all group yeah. think, you yeah, know. Yeah. And you see that with my kids loved Boss Baby. My kids loved the Emoji Movie, and that's <laughs> who those movies were made for. And Rotten Tomatoes, like my daughter watches yeah, but, Boss but they, Baby but they every were day. Wrong. Just let's be clear, well, they were wrong. <laughs> but but I, I will say, there's something refreshing about just making a movie purely for kids and not giving yeah. a fuck what adults yes. think. Like, because I I see I like that Pixar pulls off both aspects. But then I see a lot of shit on Cartoon Network where I'm like, this is a high, ironic 28-year-old writing it for his buddies under the guise of... So this is what critics should actually acknowledge yeah. when they say this, right? Yeah. This is not the movie, and, and some critics do this, I, you know, I'm broad-brushing this, but mm-hmm. they're reviewing this movie based on, like, is it going to win an Oscar? It's yeah, like, exactly. No, that's not the point of this movie. No, the point yeah. of this movie is to entertain an eight-year-old. That's exactly. the whole idea. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, it yeah, succeeded. Totally. Yeah. And maybe we need eight-year-old film critics. Yeah. You know, we probably so, do. Yeah. So Last Jedi has this same problem in a slightly different way. Star Wars is no longer the domain of the geek. Yeah. It is... It is in the public world, and mm-hmm. it is such a broad acceptance of this is cultural phenomena, and you have to watch it mm-hmm. that anybody's going to go. Yeah. So guess what? They can't. They can't win. Yeah, exactly. They're going to piss off. 
the core base that's going to say, oh, Luke would never do this. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Leia's not that way or whatever. Yeah. And they're going to piss off the casual person because they're going to be too geeky or too mm-hmm. in canon moment yeah. or whatever. So they're screwed. They're screwed yeah. every which way. My opinion of this movie was it was a great take on the next stage of this. It told a story that was complex. I had my issues with it, which I'll probably get into when more people have had a chance to see it. Um, but at the end of the day, it advanced the story enough, and it was a fun ride. And, you know, spoilers are going to come out. So, yeah. guys, anybody listening that doesn't want to hear a spoiler, you're going to, like, tune this out. Yeah. They closed the Luke story in a good way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I think I feel very similar to you. Like, I, um, there were a couple, there were two major decisions I didn't like that I wish they had done differently, but I thought the movie was entertaining, and on whole, what I really liked about it is what I, what I, I very much disliked The Force Awakens. I'm the only, like, unlike most people, because I thought it was just a rehash, I, I felt it like, rehash. it was like, you know what, we need a safe bet. People hated the prequels, let's just do a nostalgia machine. 90 minutes, play the hits, just play the chorus, and we're done. And I'm like, well, this wasn't even a movie. This was a recap, I felt. What I liked about this movie, even though it had major, major plot points I sort of disagreed with, I'm like, they, like, I was surprised by this movie. It was it went in a lot of unexpected directions, and it was its own movie. And I enjoyed that more, even though I disagreed with, like, two major decisions in the movie. Actually, three. I disagreed with three major decisions in the movie. I'm like, you know what? They took chances, and they made an interesting movie. I, I'm very curious what the three decisions were, uh, but I will just go to something mundane. My issue with this thing was the timeline. The freaking timeline of, okay... I'm going to have two spaceships that have to maintain the same freaking speed for a period of time. And then you've got like three days of effort of these two people that go to some other planet and do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then come back. It's like, come on. Yeah. The timeline of this. I I will say that was a little weird. It was like they were in one timeline and the other and. There's probably things you could have done to solve that, but that that was, my, so, yeah. I, I had mundane issues like that. You had three majors. Mine were majors. Like I don't know, and I don't think I'll reveal too much with this. But my one was, it seemed like it was the first ever time Leia out of nowhere reveals she has Jedi powers. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's a little. And, it, like, I felt like they had concluded a thread there. I'm like, I actually kind of like the way they handled that. And then, like, whoa, all of a sudden. Not only, like, Jedi powers, but, like, ridiculous yeah, yeah, astronomical. Yeah, like comes in here. Yes. So I, I didn't like that. <laughs> and then uh, they, uh, without giving away too much of this probably is, like, they killed off a guy that I was hoping to learn more about before they killed him off. Yes. Totally um, agree with that. I just would have liked to learn more a little about him. And then. Love uh, the way they did it. But yeah, same here. <laughs> and then uh, I kind of didn't like the way the Luke thread was concluded, but I didn't think it was terrible. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had no end of the day. I I think um, I think Luke. <clears throat> I think they gave uh, they gave Mark Hamill the opportunity of a lifetime to sort of 
be an actor. Yeah, and I yeah. think, you know, I, I'm the guy who thinks that when Mark Hamill was acting in the first couple of movies of Star Wars, he wasn't a good actor. He was yeah. just a kid learning yeah. the craft and doing what he did. But now he's a good actor. And yeah, he's a good yeah, actor yeah. by the fact that he's learned how to be a voice actor. He's learned how to act. Yeah. And this movie actually highlighted his skill set. He, uh-huh. You know, I mean, he's a craftsman and he produced it. Um, so so I, I think I think it was a great performance by him. They didn't give the ending the opportunity that, that I think a lot of fans wanted, but mm-hmm. I was fine with it. Yeah, and I'm, you know what? They For the first time, and it felt like a long time, you know, since Return of the Jedi, they took a chance. And I yeah. liked that. I, I liked that... I, I will say, like, all three of the things I disliked that I just said, I didn't predict any of those. And You're right. I liked that. I liked that, that I was surprised. Right. You, you know, and I'd rather you take a chance and maybe lose me in a couple moments the, than me, me seeing the whole movie ten minutes before the, it happens. The one thing that um, you said that, that you brought back to me was the Leia thing where I was like, eh, I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I didn't like that either. And in retrospect, you go, and then, you know, the actress passes and there was an opportunity there yeah yeah it was exactly. totally missed and yeah, yeah. they couldn't predict that right no, so yeah i get that but i i didn't like how that played out you, you know speaking of just one final star wars thing so i have always agreed with you like you know you know he was a terrible actor in the first star wars movie, but you know what i'm and i don't know if i'm assigning a talent that maybe wasn't there but i'm like well you know his character is actually supposed to be yeah an annoying kid <laughs> and maybe it's not that he's a bad actor that's fair. Maybe it's like Han Solo's the charming one, and he just... It's not that he's a bad actor. hes He rubs you the wrong way because he's playing Supposed it unlikable. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't know. Um, but but yeah, it is interesting to see the way he... Grew, you, you totally see it in this movie, that he's a totally different person. Yeah. And, and it seems like as both an actor and a, a and character. And he should be a different person at this stage, yeah. right? And I mean, they built this whole thing up to be... This is Luke in this sort of mode. And... Mm-hmm. and um, and I thought I thought his story was great. I thought, uh, you know, end of end of the the movie. Looking back on it, I I realized just how far each character kind of moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, you know, they advanced Ray's character properly. They advanced Finn's character properly. They advanced Poe's character properly. Although, I you know I always you see him as sort of the new Han Solo, but at the same time he's he's not right. No, not he, at all. He's not. So uh, I have my issues with him as a character, but they moved him. Yeah, right. Yeah. So to me, this was a lot of character development of these younger characters. Oh, and, definitely. And the the senior character in Luke Skywalker and his advancement. And from that perspective, anybody who's got any issues with this movie, I'm going, well, you, you know, you're looking at the wrong thing, or you're expecting something yeah, exactly. else. Yeah, yeah. This was a good movie. It End was. Of the argument. This was a good movie, and yeah. anybody who says otherwise, screw them. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of movie, and it's a lot of Star Wars. So we'll move on. We will. Uh, we will hear about Justice League. I know Dion wanted to talk about yeah. that in the new year. We'll talk about um, movies, and we should tease this for the audience that might care. If you've got uh, best of nominations for 2017 in the categories of technology, news, movies, television, the stuff we talk about, um, please 
let us know. You, you can find us uh, through the regular channels. So do let us know if you've got some nominations there. Um, but uh, you brought up a ton of shit this week. <laughs> I oh, do. I don't have my computer in front of me, but yeah. Um, so uh, apparently, uh, and this came up in an earlier conversation, Uber is finally getting the last of the tens of users that don't know about Uber yeah. by exposing Uber to the BlackBerry Messenger. Did you see that? <laughs> I saw the headline. I didn't read it. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Why would they do this? Why would they put like an app out for the BlackBerry Messenger or Are there like whatever? enough people doing government contracts for like the CEIA that aren't allowed to have like a proper smartphone or I something? I guess. Like is the market like is there a huge market out there that we don't of the BlackBerry Messenger people know about? Like I can't think also uber doesn't seem like the kind of company that would give a shit about that yeah it seems it, it's a weird story yeah no but it brings you to the issue of the black the uh the uber hacking that oh god on, right? it's insane yeah what the hell that trial i i forget who i uh i've been following on twitter but there's this wired reporter and she's live tweeting the whole thing, and it's oh amazing God. all the. So they had a different server farm that was off the corporate network that they were using for like black ops, for like spying on their enemies. Yeah. They were using MiFi's and all this yeah. stuff. They were like staying as far and away. And then, which made it like doubly legal, they were hiding it from their counsel when they got sued. So like their counsel is getting chewed out by the judge. And, like, the council, like, basically has to say, like, look, we're getting lied to by our clients as well. I <laughs> like, had counsel. no idea this was going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> which can't look good in a lawsuit when your lawyer is saying in front of the jury and judge, you can't trust this asshole that I represent. <laughs> he lies to me as well. You know, because at the end of the day, a lawyer is going to save his own hide, right? You know, like. Yes, I want enough press to get my next client. That's yeah. the whole point of um, this. <laughs> but yeah, like the in, so I guess this one guy discovered it who worked for the company, and he sent in uh, a letter to the whole board and the CEO and everyone, and they all know about it. He was fired. Well, how does the like the the new CEO? How is he not tainted by all of? Oh, us? I think he. I like I. Look, I think you would have to clean. Like, like, and I think like the greatest headline of 2017 was when uh, I, f I think it was the New York Times said Uber's search for its first female CEO now down to two men because <laughs> like no woman is like gonna touch that with a ten foot stick like you know like well not that, until it's all like dust settles. Oh, you, I think you and... have to fire everyone. You have to get rid of the board. You probably have to get rid of almost all senior men. It, yeah, it's so the, tainted. It, Where's the CEO's quote? Because I'm reading this going, how, how are you not culpable in the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, here it is. Yeah. Uh, Uber CEO Dara Kaswashani has uh, sought to distance himself from the behavior described in Jacob's letter, which mm -hmm. took place before he took the reins from co-founder, so co-founder yeah. Travis Kalanick. Um, while also acknowledging that many of these actions occurred and would no longer be tolerated. He says, with regard to the allegations allowed, um, outlined in Rick Jacobs' letter, I can tell you that we have not been able to substantiate every one of his claims. <laughs> Very carefully worded. You know. Including any related to this current lawsuit, Waymo. Uh, but I will also say that there is more than enough there to merit solution uh, serious concerns. So, as I hope you... 
have seen over the past two and a half months. I will always be fair when I admit to uh, people and mistakes being hard, uh, hard problems for me to solve. But let me be clear. I have to draw a line. I will not tolerate misconduct or misbehavior that was endorsed or excused in the past, period. But you were part of the past. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that is fine for a new CEO to say. Exactly. Who had nothing to do with the organization. They need to change it. I mean. He's got to be ousted. We've been saying that. I mean, we, we were saying that a while ago about the founder. Like, like, how is this guy not ousted? This guy needs to be ousted. Like, I feel. And they're public now, right? Or are they not public? No, they're not public. They're not, pu- right? they're not public. They're public. So I guess they're not public. So maybe they can just be like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Because well, yeah, because people still buy, you know. Yeah, because... and um, at the end of the day, they're not beholden to the public, other than their customers. And if their customers are still buying, you know, um, yeah. I will say this: I don't use Uber anymore. I use Lyft, and that was one of the several factors in using Lyft. Yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, although I do believe you said we'll just take an Uber tonight, but I, I still use Uber. <laughs> you know what I found is I use Uber colloquially. Because that's what people – when I've said, oh, we'll take a lift, like my parents didn't know what that was. Oh, right. So they know what Uber is, but they don't – like when you're in rural so areas. So it's like, uh, you know, I need a Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. It's a brand name that is mm-hmm. yeah, totally. associated with the service. Maybe that's what Uber will be. They'll be – you know, because Aspirin was a brand name originally. Maybe Uber will just be a brand Aspirin was a brand name? Aspirin was a brand name. Was a brand no name. Yeah. And that's actually an, an amazing class when you realize things that – like I think Rollerblade was an actual – Yes, I believe that is true. Brand name, Aspirin. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, some of the other big ones, but yeah, it's they talk about that in branding classes where they're yeah. like, another problem you can have is to be too big. They're like, okay, well you can only name 20 in history. Well, we've talked about this before. Like the, the South of the United, United States pretty much just asks for a Coke, and oh, then yeah. people say, well, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I want a Coke. I ask uh-huh. for a Coke. I want yeah, a yeah, Coke. Yeah. Whereas they're saying, oh yeah, you want a soft drink of some sort. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, brand naming, and if Uber becomes that, you know, as long as Kalanick and his cohorts don't get any funding from it, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, so the other thing that went on this week that was kind of big news is the busiest airport, certainly in this oh, country. Oh, yes. They had their power outage. Yes. Yeah. How does it, like... That's amazing. A fire cause a power outage... It's- so the first question you always ask is, you didn't have a backup? Where's the backup? And Where? then they answer, oh, we have a backup. It was right next to the primary. <laughs> so it caught on fire. And you're like, what the? And and the news, the, I, I love how the news, like, you could tell nobody has an engineering background in the news. They're like, we know what your next question is. Where was the backup? They had a backup. It was right next to the primary, so that explains that. You're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, why that, do you build that a explains fucking a backup? Complete failure. Yeah, that means it's a single point of failure. You know, I love how like the news has no idea that's a problem. You know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the data center went down, but I had multiple servers in the data centers, so yeah. I was fine. <laughs> Nobody could have predicted this. Nobody could have predicted a fire would have happened in one place. But um, it's just crazy. I, and the other complaint is that apparently it was just chaos in there. Like, there was no, like, sort of leadership structure to let people know what was going on. Ugh. There was no presence. Well, and To me, what it always, whenever there are airline issues, the the reality of how that industry is so 
interrelated. Oh, God. It's stacked to the gills every, every which way. Every part of certainly the United States and other, you know, so they went down, so they weren't accepting international flights. So international flights had to be rerouted. So it was affecting international as mm-hmm. well. But every part of the U.S. air world was crippled by it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crippled by it. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, and it... You get a bad snowstorm somewhere, and it cripples the yeah, whole flight I mean, it, pattern. It's, it, it's so well... I don't know if well schedule is the right word, but it's it's so maximized. Maximized. You, That's you, the Using right word. every runway at every moment it can be available... That yeah, like it, you know, it's a cascading problem. Like one, like I mean, it, it was when I first started flying. It was always new to me that I would show up in Cleveland, Ohio, when I worked for Ernst and Young, and I'd never flown before, and it'd be the most beautiful day you've ever seen, and they'd be like, "Oh, the flight's two hours late." You're like, "Why?" They're like, "Weather." They're like, "What?" You know? Yeah. And they're like, "Well, it's raining in Colorado, so <laughs> you're going to be three hours late," and you just don't understand that it's. I mean, it's really such an organic system, yep. but it has no sort of way to respond to stress. And, and, you know, being in Chicago and being a hub in mm-hmm. a lot of ways for those flights, everybody complains about Chicago. And it's like, you know what? It's not always Chicago's problem. Yes. Oh, no, totally. Chicago yeah. has bad weather. But guess what? Just because flights are bad, it's not because of Chicago. No, it's because Chicago's <laughs> the spoke that you yeah. go in and out of all the time, yep. so you're affected yes. by everyone. Yes, the flights in and out of Denver were delayed because they didn't come from Chicago because there was weather in New York. <laughs> yeah. I will say, man, I, I don't... I hate airport security. I think that's terrible. I think it's all security theater, and I think that's a, a terrible part of flying. But I actually think the system... like. I think it works pretty well. Like I think you know what? It, it's super efficient. Yes, it can't respond to problems. But the only other solution, in my opinion, is to raise ticket prices so much that you reduce demand that you could have redundancies. It's like right now we have. I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. But where do you stand on the issue of uh, the collusion that seems to go on between the airlines? Oh, yeah, I do. So I do think there should be some anti-monopolistic stuff. Um, Thank you. Because like, everything yeah. that you do on an airplane now costs you money. Yeah, and that's bullshit. And uh, and and it should definitely be more transparent. You know, like I I, I couldn't believe that that was one of the things the Trump administration rolled back was that you no longer have to publicize your bag fares. And I'm like, why the fuck would a populist president? Yeah, like, the most universally accepted. Are you going to roll back like? telemarketing <laughs> laws next. I mean, I can't think of something consumers would agree at near 100% rate more than you should tell me if I'm going to be charged for a bag. Totally um, agree. But yeah, it is. It, it's a very centralized industry now. Um, but I think it's efficient. I think it is efficient. I think you're right. Uh, and maximized was the right word. Yeah. They have eked as much as they can totally. out of that system. Yeah. Um, and, and it shows whenever there's a problem. Yeah. But I don't think there's any way to get around that. I mean, unless you build more airports. But even then, it's like, yeah, I mean, we're probably just going to fill them, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they could they could maximize um, the communications of things. Oh, yeah, that could be improved. They could improve yeah. that, you know what, you were supposed to fly, and you should just stay home right now. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I... Uh, um, a study I once read that I think is so analogous for so many industries is that 
they did a study on um, medical malpractice lawsuits. And what they found is the biggest predictor of whether you would get sued or not was not actually how good of a surgeon you were or not, but it was your bedside manners yeah. and your willingness to sort of empathize with somebody who was upset. And that if you were good at that... If you're not an asshole, yeah, exactly. you're less likely to get sued. Yeah, exactly. Go and figure. It's the same thing with plays. It's like a lot of this stuff, like it, if you were more transparent about it, if you sort of were more empathetic about it, and some airlines are very good about that, others not so much. You know, a lot of these could just be handled with sort of like human emotions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How hard is this? <laughs> I don't get it. Um... Well, we should uh, we should probably touch on something that is near and dear to our hearts right now at our organization. Um, there is this new uh, GDPR policy. I don't know what it's called. It's legislation. Oh, the European right free, to be forgotten, yes. so to speak. Yes. Yeah. So general data protection regulation, or I don't know what it what it is. Okay. But something along those lines. Um, so we've been dealing with this where uh, managing personal data, which I consistently have trouble defining what personal data is. So my secure, social security number, that's personal data. Sure. I get that. Um, my email address, that's personal data. My work email address, is that personal data? Mm-hmm. It, I guess it is, but it's yeah. work. And I publish that, and I want people to know that. So that uh-huh. they can work with me, and and so that's where I start to get into this gray area. Sure. Anyway, uh, there's these new laws, and the the uh, vagueness of how they are written is something that I think we're all struggling with because mm-hmm. we're trying to be responsible with information that we collect about people, but at the same time, um, what does responsible mean? Yeah. And how is it defined? And <laughs> The uh, the thread that I think you posted was... I did, yeah. This was an interesting conversation. Go, yeah. go ahead, share This the... is... Um, uh, so you might have the link in front of you, but this is basically a small business that just decided to quit doing business in Europe. And they looked at their metrics. I think like they do online training videos. And it was like less than 10% of their revenue comes from Europe. And they're just like, it's too ambiguous... We don't know. Five percent. Five percent of it. Yeah. So only five percent. So it's just not worth it for us because one of the things they pointed out is like, so apparently some of the Microsoft tools are not even going to work. Like they said, the online connector, which we used to use, by the way, here for syncing data is going to be turned off due to Connect this will be decommissioned, uh, decommissioned and shut down after 1231 due to lack of compliance with GDPR policy regulations. Exactly. And his point was, if fucking Microsoft doesn't think they know how to comply with it, like, what is a small company like us going to do? So how? they're just like, we're not going to do business in Europe. We're not going to do business in Europe. Gavin, it is so good you walked in during this, because this is your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I just had, I just have to tell you, I had the worst Uber driver I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, we were just talking about Uber, too. Oh, my God. Why would you ever use Uber? Well, I thought it was going to be faster. (laughs) He started off by going north when we were supposed to be going south to try to get me to the highway. 
and I have had stomach problems all day. Oh, dude. I've been like nauseous practically, like the entire, I was the entire cab ride. I felt like throwing up. He had this stick shift and this like scion. And <laughs> why are you here? Oh my God. We were having uh, a nice conversation between the two of us. I came to shit you? on this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. Everything's horrible. Well, Good to see we, you guys. we concluded that you shouldn't use Uber in our previous conversation, and you've done nothing other than uh, <laughs> illustrate that further. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I really thought I was going to throw up. So, okay. Oh. Good to see don't you guys. throw up. Yeah, it's sorry. good to have you with us. GDPR is terrible in Europe because it's too burdensome for small companies. Is that what I heard? Well, yeah. So, like, they were saying, like, one of the things that they don't know, there's some people who have read the, the new policies, and they feel that it means you have to, when somebody says, I want to be forgotten, I'm Gavin, and I don't want your company to remember anymore, that you have to go through your historical backups and remove oh, you. Oh, yeah, totally. Which would be, I mean, that's onerous. I mean, like, yeah. we, we don't even have a mechanism for doing, I mean, fuck, I mean, once you go back a, a certain level, we're on goddamn tape. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, what are you got to, I mean, like, you know. Go to the data center. Go, like, yeah. Like, send a guy out. You know, like, <laughs> oh boy, he's like so, going to fire so, up a Ford F-150. So how do you, <laughs> so how do you determine, like, I, I think, um, you have two options, right? So you can take it that way and say, all right, well, we have to delete everything that's ever been. Or you say, well, you know what? Those tapes or whatever backup we have, those expire. Because new backups come into play, mm-hmm. and we only keep so far back. So when we rotate that or delete that old archive, it's no big deal, and that's when it gets retired effectively. But if we restore that data, now I need to know that I'm restoring this data, and Gavin said delete all my stuff, so I have to remove all of Gavin's stuff on the restore operation, which by definition means that Aren't we keeping some information Gavin. about Gavin in order to know that we should you delete Gavin? Back. Yeah. yeah. Another, another, so we can't we possibly have to remember do it. you to know that we shouldn't remember you. That was like a that was a hilarious <laughs> irony to me of like when the cookie EU cookie policy went out. Like yeah. the only way to fucking track like back then that you had clicked and understood the cookie policy was like to add a cookie and set a fucking yeah. cookie <laughs> for a user. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's different storage mechanisms now, but, yeah, at the time. So how, how do we address this? And, and uh, I, I guess... I mean, just, I guess the scary... Well, this is why it's so scary to people the, is... The courts are going to... The judges are going to have to decide. The courts have to do it, but mm-hmm. what they did that's very interesting is they're like, listen, we're going big with penalties. So that's why someone, everyone's so scared. Oh, I, right. In America, you'd be like, okay, no big deal. The courts will figure it out. And at the end of the day, they always side with corporations. And, and we the, never get penalized. And the court will decide what the penalty is, yeah, exactly, probably. Yeah. So, whereas the EU was saying, I, I mean, it, it was a sizable. Your they second wrote it into was the a policy. Sizable penalty. I, yeah, I remember. What did they? They had one example company that was like, oh, they paid ten million dollars out or something, and I think their fine under the the new regime would have been like four hundred million dollars yeah, or exactly. half a million dollars or yeah. something. Yeah. So like it's up to lawsuit. it's up to twenty million euros or four percent of your company's annual worldwide. Revenue, 4%. whichever is higher. Right. Oh, it's not. They're not even going lower. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. So that's that's huge. extremely hardcore. So if you make like you know, <clears throat> if your revenue is like a million dollars and you happen yeah. to sell a little bit in Europe, it's going to be twenty million dollar fine. I, I think we're going to see 20 million it. euro fines. I think a lot of companies are just going to be like, we're not going to do business with them. Yeah, we're done. We're like, out. we do so much money 
in America with no penalties. And yep. wherever else, you know, our chips land throughout the globe, that we're not going to risk that. Yep. I think this is where perhaps um, the, the, you know, the European world has driven privacy in a positive way for a long yeah. time. I think this is where they kind of crossed the line. Yeah. And they might find that it's actually hurting them to have this kind of a policy. Instead of leading the charge, now they've gone to the crazy and they need to find a way to yeah. back I don't know. Back I don't know reality. if I agree with that. Like I, I, I sort of like the actual policy, and I wonder. I do wonder what's going to happen. Like, are these U.S. companies like Facebook? Gonna I have no ha- problem with the policy. It needs better definition. It yeah, needs, that's probably true. You know, and and stop with the max. Oh, uh, these are max penalties. I should have said oh, okay. that. These are max okay. penalties. But they should have had some type of. Uh, progressive scheme of like, hey, in year one, you know, we know this will take five years for the courts yes, to figure out in year true. one. Or let a the courts up. figure yeah. out, yeah. you know what, the courts, you figure out whatever mm-hmm. penalties should be based on case and what you're dealing with. But I do also like that they're sort of forcing companies to comply immediately versus, I, I, I feel nobody yeah. normally takes it serious. Like, I, I, I wonder, like, will these companies just leave Europe? Uh, some will. Will these companies be like, okay, we'll have a separate version of our website that maybe doesn't have as many features? Oh, God. That's for Europe? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but no. I also wonder, like, will there just be, like, competitors to Facebook that rise up from Europe that respect your privacy better? Yeah. Which could be better for worldwide consumers that, like, listen, we're, uh, we're, you know, Frank book. And, <laughs> uh, like, we're not assholes and we don't sell it everywhere. And, yeah. You know, um, I don't know. That could be good for us, like in the U.S. I, I have I, no idea. I To me, it's very interesting to see how it'll play out. I suppose it could be good. But you know what? The, the, the behemoths of the technology world today are learning their lesson. Facebook has actually come out and said, you know what? We know that this this sort of spam that happens because people are gaming our system needs to be fixed and yes. so they are they're putting in policies to say you can't do this anymore um their term i believe was engagement bait which i like yeah um because that's that's yeah stuff model, like retweet right? if you agree yes uh, all you know, of these things that like they if you agree put out right, there right. To, uh, you know, people are finding ways to tweak their algorithm, and they're they're going to say, you know what, you're a bot, and I know you're a bot, and that's good. I, I like that. My only problem with Facebook, so I 100% like that. I, I hate that bullshit. I want Facebook to allow content to still grow and go viral organically. It's just good content that people want to share. My fear is just the algorithm eventually. How do you figure that out? How do you figure that this is... Sean's comedy page that I want to see go organic like, I, I, versus... I, I, does the content have Sean in it? Then it's good content. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I think you just... like. Or I mean, cat. spam filters are able to do that, right? Like, they're... And they're pretty good. Like, spam I think filters you're, are yeah, you're, pretty good. You're pretty good at figuring out if... Like, if, if you put a certain sort of linguistical 
goal in there that you want to filter. Like, they're usually pretty good at that. You, so you know? we're just in the nascent stages of them going, all right, all right, all right. We got to slow this down, yeah. and we'll figure it out. My fear just is, like though... Just like Spam had to go through it. Yeah. Just like Search uh, Engine Optimization totally. had to go through it, right? I mean, everybody's kind of figuring it out as they go. And exactly. This is, and it's the last thing you figure cool. out, right? Like, email didn't figure it out till it was a 30-year-old technology. Yeah, right. Like, email was debuted in the 60s, didn't figure out Spam, Really, till probably 2005 is when they started realizing we got to look at the language. Right. Um, it took Twitter how long to figure out that they should ban Nazis? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're still not sure they're going to do it. Yeah, there, there's still so many Nazis. It's, it's incredible. Um, but what I was going to say real quickly, that also with Twitter with the Nazis, it ties in, is I, I want to say they're doing all this to create a better experience for the user so we get better content. But sometimes I wonder if they're just saying... Nope, fuck you. You gotta pay us if you want people to see it. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like, you, you, yeah, none of these baiting for likes are gonna help you. You either gotta write great words, right. which we know you can't do, or you gotta pony up the dough, pal. Oh god, that's <laughs> awful. <know>. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I'm bad. with you on this one, Gavin. Yeah. <sighs> a lot of a lot of uh, they've really cracked down though. Uh, like a lot of accounts that I know that are. Like just like left leaning but very aggressive. Uh, I've seen people get banned, or or uh, even um, some comedy accounts that are you know just super aggressive have been banned. It's kind of weird. Super aggressive in how they're fishing for likes and retweets and. Uh yeah, that and yeah. uh yeah yeah and just the language actually just really aggressive language. Oh yeah yeah, but they're still Nazis. It's crazy. So that know. was yeah. that was the thing about the the Twitter conversation to me was it, it seems like there are people who are. Extremely aggressive in ways that are societally, at least <laughs> historically, societally not accepted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That are still out there. And then one person kind of crosses the line kind of in a joking way or in, you know, a, a semi-political way, but not overly aggressive, just politically not what they want to, you know, see or somebody complains in the right way. And those are cut off. Yeah. And you totally. go, wait. The Nazis are still out there doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah totally. These if you accounts, piss off one fan base, yeah. and they, yeah, they unleash the horde, and yeah, they get reported. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. It's like crazy stuff. Well, yeah, and it is funny that you're like, you can be a Nazi on Twitter, and... <laughs> as long as you're polite. <laughs> yeah, like you can politely reference, you know, that you basically think the white race is superior, and the black race should weather through action or inaction, End. Right. Uh, you're technically abiding by the policies. <laughs> and it's insane. But then if you're a black person who goes, motherfucker, I'm going to kill you if I ever meet you in life. Right. So you're saying the same thing he said, but you're angry because he just said he wants your Once race again, killed. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, right. they're like, well, we got to ban the black guy. You know, yeah. I can't believe the language is you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you missed this part, but basically, you know... Polite doctors who explain what's going on mm-hmm. get sued less than the people who just come out and tell you what's going oh, on. Oh, do they really? That's in funny. a blunt way, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you be nice and be a Nazi. It's fine. Hitler was a swell dude. <laughs> Loved uh, animals. Good painter. <laughs> oh. Vegetarian. Oh. So, Gavin. Yeah. Sorry about your day. 
It's okay. I'm. I, this thing is going to settle my stomach. I'm. You know. I'm no longer rocking back and forth. So I'm feeling a little bit better. Were you like rocking in your house the whole morning? Was no, no, just the the taxi ride over oh, was, oh, okay. was so bad. This wasn't like humanly. I oh my god, oh, yeah. oh. they had an old fashioned stick shift. Uh, it was. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't seen a stick shift in. I used to. My dad would only buy stick shifts. I love right. those. Well, cars. we we grew up in the snow belt, so I will say, in ice, it's really good because you can go into a lower gear yeah. mm. and your wheels aren't spinning as fast, and and it can really help you out. I would never drive one again. I would never drive a stick shift again. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't never say never, it. never, but, like, I definitely like driving an automatic. For, well, also, like, we had a lot of hills. Oh, they're the worst on the hills. Oh, you, yeah. you know, when, when you have a red light on a hill. If you're a bad driver, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I could handle it at the end of the day, but it was just like, I don't know. And it's also like, I you had a BMW that was a stick shift, right? Well, that Which wasn't my first bit, stick shift. My but first I, I stick had an shift. 87 Cavalier. <laughs> it was a stick shift. So it's not like I'm like uh, grand the shift. First stick shift auto here. The first stick shift I ever... The stick I learned yeah. on was a Chevy Chevette. Oh, okay. okay. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like... I also had to drive a 40 Conoline stick shift. Yeah, which there is you like go. a five foot high. It looks like a golf club is yeah. your stick. Huh. You know, and that driving a van that stick is like the weirdest feeling in the world. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. prefer not to drive a beast of a car with a stick. Yeah. But yeah, if I want to drive a, a good sports car, okay. I want to drive a stick. I shift. think I'm all automatic now. I don't think I want to go back. Ever since yeah. I, you know, the first. Uh, the first love car I ever had was a Volkswagen Scirocco. I don't think I know the Scirocco. Never heard of it. And it was a four-speed stick. Yeah. Awesome, awesome car. Love this car. Yeah. 84, I want to say. 83 or 84 Scirocco. Okay. Um, this car, I loved it. And that was the car I learned that I, I will drive a stick to the end of my days. If I get the right car with a stick shift... I want it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Totally want it. My dad, we, we drove the weirdest, my dad always had the oldest, weirdest cars he would get from, like, estate sales, and he had a, um, he had a stick shift, uh, Oldsmobile Toronado, I believe, is mm. what it was. It was, like, this tank that was a stick shift, and I, the starter was bad in it, so we would always have to, me and my brothers would have to get it up so he could start it in first gear. You know, like, I don't know if you ever had, <laughs> yes. had a car like that. Yes. So it would be the weirdest picture. It would be like four kids because uh, the problem is our... our Rolling, our, pop the clock, start, absolutely. Yeah, like we would there. have to do that all the time. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I have done this. And then you'd have to run to catch up and <laughs> yeah. get in the car. Are you kidding me? No, you, no, because yeah. he can't slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the go. car will stall. Sure. So he's like, get the hell in here. Oh go, my God. go. Yeah. Wow. You would probably be arrested. <laughs> oh, not today. <laughs> yeah, Imagine just seeing a bunch of eight-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, it was, so first of all, it would seat six, but it had two doors. Sure. So these doors were like seven feet wide. Oh, so he would just be holding this seven foot yeah. wide door open, yelling, run, yeah. run. And you would have to like, you would dive in to this oh. thing. Yeah. Dad, why don't you let me drive and you yeah. push for a little while? <laughs> well, he had to drive because at the end of our, our road was a hill. So, like, there was this clear cutoff where if you didn't get in before that, he's like, yeah. over, over, yeah. <laughs> I'll just see you when I get Walk over. Back. You, you guys go then back. the car would start chucking, you know, like, yeah. 
<laughs> or maybe you have to like circle them, like get in a Why parking lot and pile everybody in the car at the hill and use the hill. Well, so that's a good question. So <laughs> the other problem we had is our driveway was a hill going the reverse way. You had to so, go uphill out of the driveway? Well, uphill up the driveway. Yeah. So when he was leaving, he would put it at neutral and slide down the hill. He knocked over our mail, our, our neighbor's <laughs> mailbox like 17 times. Cause it was right by, sometimes he would just like not be paying attention. He'd go down that hill at like 30 miles an hour. <laughs> so then he'd be stuck basically in the grass of our neighbor's lawn mm. and we would have to start yep. pushing to get it out. So yeah. Oh, God. There couldn't have been a road worse designed to have a tornado without a starter. <laughs> but luckily, he had six kids and solved that problem. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's why you get kids. Yeah. That's why you have kids. Uh, well, I I don't know what else we've got going on here, but we should probably think about it. We've got somewhere to go. What time is it? It's <laughs> it's time to start thinking about it. We okay. don't have to leave yet, but okay. right. we need to start thinking about winding down. What do you got, Gavin? Uh, I had so many things. I'm going to have to take you got them one next you wanna... week. You have... What's the weirdest you have car you've no, I, yeah, so I, I, I actually love one of my favorite topics in talking to people is old cars they used to drive. I love listening to people's old car stories and like crap cars they used to drive, but they still like. What was the crappiest car you used to drive, Gavin? Well, it was the car that I owned. It was my, uh, my, God, what was it? It was a Saturn. It was just like some shitty uh, four-door, mm-hmm. you know. Is that where you got pulled over with the, the off-duty cop? You told me that story. Once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was when I was speeding. <laughs> Tell Steve that story. That's a great story. Oh, I was, uh, this will shock you. I was late for work. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> There's a theme here. Yes. Yeah, right. So I was late for work, my, my very first job, and it was like, I think it was my first year out the job. Um, uh, not important other than my age. So I was, God, what was I? I was probably like 22 or something, or 23. Um, yeah, probably 22. So anyway, I'm late for work, and I'm like, you know, I'm in my khakis, I'm in my button down, and I'm going through this residential area. Um, it's actually kind of near John's house in Naperville. And so there's this main street, and it's like a kind of long... Um, you know, fairly straight road for the most part, and it's got, you know, dividers, two lanes, so you can really get up to some decent speed mm-hmm. if you have the chance. And it's, I think it's like 30, 35 mile an hour zone. Anyway, I'm speeding. I'm probably doing 70. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. A little more than 30. 35. And there's, there's someone keeping pace with me, and I, I keep, you know, I'm like kind of seeing it in the periphery, not really looking, looking. And all of a sudden I hear this honking. And I was like, what, what is this asshole doing? Who is this jerk? You know, honking at me. I'm late for it. I don't have time for this shit. So I'm like, fuck you. I, I hold my no middle way. finger, yeah, up <laughs> to the car that's next to me, that's pacing me. I'm like, who is this maniac, you know? And, uh, so anyway, keep going. You had going. your eyes forward. You were good. Yeah, I was good. <laughs> uh, Anyway, like, so, whatever, 10, 15 seconds later, this guy's still honking, still pacing me, so I turn over, or I, I turn and look over, and he's holding a badge out the window <laughs> of his, like, you know, his whatever bullshit. So it wasn't a car. cop car. Uh, it wasn't a cop car, it was just an off-duty cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so he's like, pull over, you know, just Asshole? pointing, screaming at what me. What are you doing? And I'm, you know, 22 years old, like, terrified, looking, oh shit, what's this guy gonna do, you know, is he gonna... Can he call a cop? Can he can he arrest me off duty? I don't know how that works. So anyway, I pull over and he just like 
he just screams at me and reams me a new asshole for like literally a minute. And he's like, and if I ever fucking see you speeding here again, I will make sure, you know, you never drive again. And, and then he just walked off and that was it. <laughs> it was, you flipped off yeah, a cop. So I flipped off. But, yeah. but you know, it's a family tradition actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the story about his brother? No. Re- tell that story. Really. Well, I love this story. <laughs> Trevor was coming home from the bar he was working at driving in San Diego when he worked uh, up in, uh, not San Diego, but Oceanside. Uh, and also another road with a median, um, and he's not a fan of the police, uh, necessarily, and he had had a few drinks, and he was just in kind of a fuck you mode, so cops coming one way, he's going the other way, he flicks off the cop, uh, he didn't think the cop would find a way through the median, the cop immediately found a way through the median, <laughs> and pulled him over and arrested him. <laughs> they have a button, you know, the, the, the median just drops down, they cr- cross, and yep. you're good to go. But there is a, there was actually a court case. I think. Did we talk about this, Sean? Like, yes. Okay. I, so I, yeah, you I, brought I, that I mentioned up. There's a guy in Pittsburgh who, whenever he sees a cop, he flicks him off his whole <laughs> life. He's been arrested like 70 times. That's just what he does. And it went it's to the thing. Supreme Court finally. I don't know. Finally, he got a good pro bono lawyer, lawyer or something. And the Supreme Court decided you cannot be arrested for flicking off the police. Well, yeah. sure. So all our listeners out there, that's, that's... you are legally within your right, and I'm <laughs> sure they would love to hear that. That's freedom of speech, <laughs> right. isn't yeah, it? That's what they said. It's freedom yeah. of speech. I I don't care for you. I'm not like hurting you. I'm not yeah. punching you. I'm not. I I will say I would not do it when I'm driving drunk. <laughs> Uh, no, I would choose when yeah. to do such a thing. Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love a guy that just uh. flicks off every cop he sees. You know, That's like his good. friends and family, like, you got to stop doing it. And he's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> no <laughs> chance. Just that family it's my thing. <laughs> Look, All right, I, let, I yeah. have principles, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there were a few things that I was thinking about this week, and one of them was that the WannaCry was attributed uh, wanna to North cry, Korea. Yeah, to North Korea, which uh, struck me as really strange. And I I don't actually buy for a second that North Korea did it or they have sufficient evidence to make that uh, that claim. Uh, well, so it is not thing. just the U.S. It was England. Like, MI5 gave its proof. The the oh, Five this, Eyes, this, the, the big yeah. spy sharing with Australia and whoever else is in that agreement, oh, probably France. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know if you're ever going to know on these kind of things, but I... I would say I believe that, but I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't know if it's conclusive. You know, I mean, can yeah. it ever be conclusive in something like that? I mean, yeah. probably not. But yeah. you know, yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I have a conspiracy theory because I guess I am that person. Who do you think did it then? Well, I don't know, but I just think it's politically convenient. I think that this is like their walk up to war. So <laughs> you know, walk it is up to war. Politically, yeah. you know what? If that's going to happen, can it happen over the next? You know, not today. Not tomorrow, but mm-hmm. Friday, that's fine. Wait, what's Friday? That's when your daughter's visiting? Yeah, that's when my daughter will come oh, home. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and that can happen over a couple of weeks. They can go to war, and they can say, no, you're not going you back. You know what? I'm going to keep fine. my Korean War conspiracy theories to myself. I, I do <laughs> wonder, though, like, I feel as North Korea gets further and further economically isolated, I wonder if they're putting all their eggs in this sort of hacking basket. Like, okay, well, I guess you're what generates us money now. <laughs> Yeah, like the hacking. It would be you know, like we have no farming. We have no. Sure. We can't sell arms anymore. Sure. We we, we uh, don't have natural resources. Just hack, like hack, encrypt, do whatever you need to make us some fucking money. I it was painted into if, a corner. Let's yeah. use that corner. I always wondered yeah. if that's why the Russian hackers were so good, because like you know the Russian mob and the Russian hacking like just because their economy collapsed and they're like, all right, what do we do now? Well, <laughs> yeah. 
Totally. Find a I way mean, to like steal some money. here, if you're that good of a hacker, you get hired by Facebook and make six figures, or right. Apple, or boy, what are you going to do in Russia? You know, I'm, I'm sure there's opportunities, but yeah. do they pay the more than Black Hat? You know, probably not. You know, though I don't know that for a fact. But they get hired by the government ultimately. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you get you basically you're a white hat working to do black hat. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, you're a red hat. You know? <laughs> a red hat. Yeah, I like that. That's good. So that, that was one of my things, and I I'm trying to think. Oh, there was one other. There was an interesting lawsuit, uh, or no, there was an interesting uh, non-effort, non-action by the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, um, relating to whether or not Facebook posts should have the text that all political ads have that say this, you know, political commentary was sponsored by, you know, was paid for by whatever. And that went to court. Vladimir Putin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have saved us a lot of trouble. And I think at some point in time, actually, one someone on the Democrat side was, who's like some Democrat super lawyer, was actually arguing for Facebook in this FEC whatever panel. I'm not sure if it was a lawsuit or however they operate. But uh, so that was just an interesting little... Uh, yeah, they've always been exempted from that, which is, I think, terrible. Yeah, it's terrible, yeah. right? Yeah, and I just, I didn't, I never really thought about that. And we were, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know. Uh, but that law, their exemption was written in the 90s when the internet was nothing, you know. And okay. So we need to revisit that one. It just needs, to, in my opinion, needs to be modernized. I wonder yeah. if it was, what's that guy who also represented Microsoft, David Du Bois, or. I feel like it was he, Mark. He did Al Mark Gore's Elias. recount. Was it that guy? I don't think it was that oh, okay. guy. I think it He's was Mark Elias or something. So anyway, that, that was probably my other thing. So that's my, my two quick hits. That's all I got. <laughs> well, thanks for buzzing in here. No too. Who's Gavin with the quick hits? <laughs> Top of the hour. <laughs> Top of the hour. It's eight on the eights. Gavin with the quick hits. Well, uh, you probably didn't hear this, but uh, we, had a, uh, we had a listener uh, tweet us and express his appreciation for what we're doing here. Uh, Therefore, we know that there are two loyal listeners out we there. We have two. Yes, there are two of them. That's incredible. Um, and um, one of the things that he asked for was more vendor scum. Right. So we don't have John with us. Does anybody have any vendor scum that they could share? <laughs> so with, we have nothing for you. With the class? No. Listener number two just I, I I don't necessarily have anything. What I, what I like that I've learned about the vendor scum process is that because – our company is mostly based out of New York. What I'm learning lately is I, I like that when this vendor scum calls the New York office and they're like, oh, hi, I want to talk to somebody about uh, cloud solutions. Yeah. They just transfer them to somebody in our department in Chicago. <laughs> so I guess that's been going on a lot oh, lately, like where Dion and Aaron and Hutton have been getting calls from the New York reception. The last oh, few weeks, and yeah, they've been yeah. answering it thinking it it's a New York employee. Wow. And... Like, somebody at the New York reception desk was just told, you know what? Just send them all to this Yeah, group. I don't want, I don't know if it's Rich or one of our other loyal listeners. Like, <laughs> quit sending those assholes to me. Send them to those assholes in Chicago and let them deal with it. So, Maybe apparently it. New York reception is sending us. That's hilarious. And I think, and Ooh. you know what? I'll say if it was you, Rich, please keep doing that. So we have yes. some vendor scum content. Oh, Gavin, we had this idea at lunch, Steve and I, where we're going to put on our public website, as public as can be, to get more content for Vendor Scum, we're basically going to say, we're always buying services. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we'll yeah. we'll put a distribution yeah. list, like, we have too much money at yes. JWT.com. Yeah. Pockets of cash. Yeah. 
at thiscompany.com. That's smart. And it would be not tied to our name, the WWIT guys. It's a distribution no, list. No, necessarily. It would be something generic. <laughs> Get us some content. Right. Yeah. This is smart. I like this. We That's have money good. to burn. Yeah. Bring it. Okay. Um, I can do that in well, two minutes. I don't have vendor scum, per se, but I have a brilliant transcription. Okay. Let's hear it. I have no idea. I am hoping one of our loyal listeners called me and left this <laughs> because I have no idea why I would have gotten this. But the transcription of this email or this voicemail is, <laughs> this is literally what it says, small bag, hum, hum, fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. Yes, there's a song in here somewhere. Yeah. Here for you can here for you can use some exotic foods that is a bar and fuck. What? <laughs> this is literally my email. Sounds that like is a great awesome. date. I would You I would get take the best date. ones. Yeah. It's a transcription. Oh and I god, went, that's awesome. What and it's from anonymous. It's like You got to listen on, to it and see. Who the hell said, so I, I am going to play it for you. Right now? I am going to play it. Oh, okay, I want to hear this. Should, yeah, well, g- give me a moment, because oh, I okay. should play it off of this. Is it Sinatra? Uh, it is absolutely Sinatra. I wonder if it's from Mrs. Shelby Masturbate. <laughs> it very we well to, could be Mrs. Shelby Masturbate. You know, and I'm not, well. I'm not doing this on purpose. It's like, not. I'm not seeding this thing. Oh, shoot. Where See, I, you know what's weird? I don't know what it is about the algorithm, but it always says, oh, we couldn't transcribe it whenever I'm given a voicemail. It says, really? So the people that leave you voicemails, they enunciate well enough <laughs> that Microsoft thinks it knows what they're saying. All right, I'm going right, to try to play this see. thing. Pack a small bag. Hang on. It's, you're right, it is Sinatra. If you can use some exotic food, mm. there's a bar and fuck. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It got it right. <laughs> yeah, and it literally it. cuts off at fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like fuck to me. What was the intro part of that, though? Uh, I have. It's the same thing. It's the song. It just starts <clears throat> with him like saying something, and it cuts off, and then it builds into the song. Did I tell you guys about... Who would send me this? Uh, right? Who would Somebody send me that? looking for the transcription, maybe. Yeah. Did I tell you about the story that I, I... There was a podcast I listened to, and I might have said this on the podcast before, I can't remember. But someone was getting all of these random phone calls of just a recording. Like, they would hear, like, a child, uh, like, basketball game or something going on in the background. Huh. Or they would hear something that sounded like a part of a movie. Did, did I explain this to you? No. no. So, basically, um, someone... So... Uh, it was like an NPR-like podcast, and they had heard this story from someone, and they did like this big investigation on it, and they tried to find more people on the Internet who were hearing these clips. And eventually they found some dude in California who collected all of these, and he figured out where they were from. And they were from this, like, this you know, independent movie or something that uh, somebody, you know, that nobody needed to pay for the rights for. Um, that was, you know, open source or licensed, however it was licensed. And he traced it to, there was some... Like Middle Eastern, uh, was it Middle Eastern? I think it was like a Middle Eastern. Um, or am I mixing up two stories now? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, <laughs> there was there was someone in some country, but ba- no, 
What? Yeah, that, that's it. It was a Middle Eastern group that was um, sending these recordings out all throughout the United States to an, to any number they could, and so they would basically just spam all these phone numbers. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to reach, I think, like toll numbers. There's some, there's some, uh, oh shit, I'm totally screwing this Trigger story. some sort of billing and... Exactly, that's know, what it is. Yeah. There's some type of share, revenue sharing thing. If you can yeah. set up a toll service of your own, all those toll services, kind of like the NFL, they share revenue. And so if you're this tiny little toll company, all you have to do is get you know, like called or receive calls or something. Oh, sure. man, I'm totally yeah. killing this. Let so, me look it up. So Let's look it up. This was, no, but you're trying to game the metrics so you make yeah. money. So, that's so what it. you're so saying is this metrics. was from some Saudi company. That's that exactly what I'm saying. Is that <laughs> you are single-handedly receiving a message directly from ISIS. And, and what they've used is they've used Frank uh-huh. <laughs> to do this. Right. Because you, you need just I mean, enough for the... Because obviously the toll companies know about this, and they also know... I'm not just going to, like, I'm not going to have 10 minutes of dead air, right? So you right. need something that right. sounds human-like, that can keep them on the line, and so they'll, they'll use something from popular culture. Well, I, just the fact that I got a transcription that started with the word small bag. When I read <laughs> small bag, I went, it's a transcription, and it says small bag. I am definitely going to listen to this. That's hilarious. <laughs> hum, hum, come fly with me. <laughs> oh... So uh, that is, I think, the best we have to offer in Vendor Scum. Yep. If you guys get Vendor Scum, you can just send them directly to us at contact at www.itguys.com. I, I do think we, and we'll put them. some sort of fishing thing out there next year. Like, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be too... All we got to do is have the bots find it. So we don't need to deface our, our website, but we'll put something up there for us. Yes. Okay. To get some Vendor Scum. I think that's fair, but but yeah. there are enough people that listen to us that are in the business world that get a ton of this that's anyway. True. Yeah. So please send them, forward them on, contact at worldwideitguys.com, www.itguys.com, uh, and you, you can tweet us, you can find a way to get it to us. Happy to have them come our way. Um, so uh, unless anybody's got anything else, I think we should wrap. That's it for me. Me as well. Thank you all for listening. We've been the Worldwide IT Guys. We started with two. We got a third. Thanks for coming in, Gav. Everybody have a great, happy, happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, Hanukkah. Uh, what am I missing? Festivus. Um, we will see you in the new year, and we will have a bit of a 2017 recap at that time. Enjoy. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Merry Woo! Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> uh, sure. Love you. Bye. It's from Home Alone. For, thanks for coming in. No problem. Are Thought I could make it. with us? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, in. Cool. So we will probably have to leave, if we want to be there for about 10, 15 minutes. I, I figured we were. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't right. realize it was that far away. I thought it was like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> miscalculation on my end. Oh, it's northwest, right? It's like.